Welcome to the first episode of the Safety at Work Talks podcast. I'm Kevin Jones and I edit the Safety at Work blog. And uh, I thought it was about time that the blog was supplemented by a formal podcast. I've been involved with podcasts in the past and the Safety at Work blog often includes audio content. But the technology and broadcast pathways have matured to the extent that some of the audio I create from which the articles are built can stand well by themselves. Hence, this podcast series. The principal aim will continue to be supporting the Safety at Work blog, so you won't see weekly episodes of a podcast, but there will be something every few weeks. This first episode is an interview with Professor Sidney Decker, who's just released a documentary about the concept of safety differently. The 30-minute documentary is a very useful introduction to safety differently through three Australian case studies or experiments. Thankfully, it's not a televised lecture, but a professionally produced documentary that lets the safety people and workers speak for themselves. It's available for viewing at Decker's website, which is www.sydneydecker.com, and that's Sydney with an I, not as in the capital of New South Wales. This episode will be followed up with a couple more Decker interviews, one about his new book due in November, which is called The Safety Anarchist, and another about his previous 2017 book, End of Heaven, which shows a very different and reflective voice for Decker. That book was framed by a very personal story of suffering of his. But anyway, here's Sidney Decker talking about his Safety Differently documentary. Sydney, in October, we're going to see you, well, I was going to say in film, but mm. um, in video and, um, and online um, in a half-hour documentary <laughs> why why this documentary so the documentary is called safety differently the movie and uh, <laughs> uh, you've already written the sequels so i hope um safety differently or say i don't know what the sequel would be called <laughs> the yeah, sound of safety differently. <laughs> um the um so why a documentary yeah um it actually started so the, the seed for this was planted when I was uh, at some point talking with my uh, my uh, advisor for my PhD way back in uh, which I finished somewhere in the nineties. But um, I, we still have are, are in frequent contact. And, I'm just uh, impressed you finished it. Well done. You know. Oh, it, it's uh, it's a young person's game. A little bit. <laughs> it does help. It does yeah. help. So this is before uh, uh, before kids. Yeah, that's, that's that helps. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, Anyway, so Dave Woods at Ohio State, he uh, he grumbled to me not long ago that oh, nobody reads anything anymore. And, um, uh, so whether that's true or not, um, I'm, I'm, I'm sure that reading is changing dramatically in any case. Well, you're, so, you're talking to a blog writer. So precisely, I, uh, yeah, yeah. People do read. No, they do read, yeah. but they read blogs, not books, right? And so, uh, or I mean, that's... Too sweeping a statement as well, but at least <laughs> it's moving that way. It's moving that way, and then then reading is changing. So um, I was thinking, thinking, well, if that's the case, then we need to find other media, other ways of communicating these messages and these these great experiences and the great stories that we have to tell about doing safety differently, right? Um, and um, then um, the next little twist in this story is that um, I've been using an iPhone, which is by then about seven years old, and um, which actually thinking that the iPhone is only 10 years old, I mean, as a, as a thing, as a device, um, <laughs> that's quite remarkable. Because mm. um, I think in those 10 years, there's probably people who had like 10 iPhones. But, um, so I was still on my second one, I think. 
Um, and um, I was um, the butt of the jokes uh, of my kids who thought I was rather uh, Luddite in, uh, in clinging on to this old piece of technology. And, but I was able to make calls with it, which is what a phone is for, right? Yeah. And so, um, but no, 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 they, they, they thought I misunderstood this profoundly. So they finally convinced me, um, and this was actually in relation to me uh, learning Chinese. Um, I wanted, uh, you know, wanted to add uh, yet another language to the palette and, and something that was not European or Indo-European. And so uh, let's try Chinese. In order to do that, the, the Chinese course that I was in, I required a, uh, a particular app. Well, that didn't work on this, this seven-year-old iPhone, right? In fact, so there was no way of doing that. So I, I surrendered. I surrendered to the idea of having to buy a new iPhone. So I bought this iPhone and then, well, actually, I didn't. I, I asked one of my kids to just go with me and, and, and they just went through the whole proceedings for me. And I was handed a, a, a new iPhone with all my stuff on it at the exit of the store. And so then I was happy. Anyway, what this allowed me to do was um, sit in, uh, in a Qantas uh, 7.3 on the way back from uh, Melbourne, Sydney, back to Brisbane. And um, it allowed me to stream. Um, and as I was able to do that, I was able to oh, stream, stream, stream video. Stream video. Yeah, let's say, I mean, stream. You know, There's, yeah, streaming stream. is <laughs> You can stream lots of things, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jet stream, yeah. right. Uh-huh. Um, it allowed me to stream video, sorry. Mm. Um, and uh, there was a film, a French film, uh, on uh, the changing nature of work. And it uh, it was in part about um, the, uh, the increasing uh, thirst for autonomy in workplaces. Um, the, uh, the, the, the interesting reference uh, to uh, London School of Economics work on, uh, on so-called, uh, forgive me, the, the, forgive the word, but bullshit jobs, that mm-hmm. is, jobs that uh, really have very little substance to them but are kept in, 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 in existence through sheer bureaucratic force. Um, and um, and I, was, I was looking at that and going, wow, we should tell the stories of our, of our industry partners that we've worked with with the Safety Science Innovation Lab um, in, in, in this format. This is such a wonderful way to tell these stories. And so who would they be? Well, um, we started developing this idea. We got uh, help with, uh, from, uh, from Right Free uh, Media I, um, in Brisbane, and um, I was able to, uh, to crowdfund the, uh, the, the, the film. So that allowed us to then decide to put it out online once it was done instead of having a, a revenue or a pay-per-view pay model um, for it. So <clears throat> the, um, the ideas then, uh, then went from there. I think the um, <clears throat> it goes for half an hour. I've uh, I've watched it <clears throat> and its trailer um, recently. It it wouldn't surprise me if it also turned up on broadcast television, being half hour, and it tends to fit. It's a documentary. If somebody's having a festival of documentaries, it, it would fit nicely into that. So I'd say to listeners to watch watch your TV guides for, for, for sure. this type of thing because sure. it's called safety differently. Yeah. <clears throat> What's unique about it is that. Uh, Well, Safety Differently requires case studies to convince people of the applicability of the concept. And we won't go into the concepts because they're well established outside of uh, this this, uh, area. But you've talked to oil and gas um, on land Mm. um, in Mm. Queensland. Mm. Um, You've talked to the uh, Queensland Health, Mm. health, uh, hospitals and, and health services. And also, and this is the surprising one because rarely does it have a profile, mm. is uh, Woolworths supermarkets, uh, retail mm. outlets. Um, by and large, this the nice thing is that the, with those case studies, there's very little Sydney. And I'm not being rude there. No, no, no. But that was not, the whole point. It's not a Sydney talking head. No. The, the discussions of safety and, and how the changes happened and why they did them 
are from the people who implement the changes. And it's very, very refreshing to, to hear those voices rather than a consultant talking about mm. those voices and about what they did in these workplaces. Because this safety differently from this documentary and elsewhere is it's about the people who are most at risk or have uh, most involved are those who develop the safety mechanisms for themselves to make to improve. They've got a great deal of autonomy um, and they have a great deal of authority. So by having them speak in their own voice, it's a really refreshing documentary. I don't want to diminish health and oil and gas. But to me, honestly, the standout is something called the Woolworths experiment. And I'm wondering if, without giving too much of the game away, whether you could give a quick idea of the three elements to this and what was the, the results of the experiment. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, although, I, before I do that, uh, let me just reflect on, on your little summary of, of, of the documentary sure. by saying that, yes, that was very much the intention to not to certainly not develop a safety instructional video, mm. right? Is in uh, here is how you don the oxygen mask, and can, you know, no, 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 or for that matter, a, um, uh, a, a badly cloaked lecture. Mm. Um, yeah. I, if you want to hear those, I mean, there, there's a very, you know, I've got those on YouTube, and there's other. Read the book, you know. There's yeah. always that opportunity if you want to, uh, or come to a lecture, um, or don't at all. That's fine too, but. Um, that wasn't the point. The point was to have these companies, and particularly the operational people in these companies, not the safety people, mm. the operational people, um, tell the stories. Tell the stories of embracing these ideas, of <clears throat> picking up on, on how we've changed the conversation going back like five years ago right, in this country. Um, and, and, and to look at from the bottom up what they have done since then and how it's worked for them. Mm. It is precisely that which I not only think is a wonderful document to their or testimony to their um, willingness, initiative, uh, uh, courage, mm. um, but at the same time a, an inspiration to those who, are, um, who feel enticed by these ideas yeah. but unsure how to proceed or perhaps afraid to proceed. Um, there is reassurance that, that well, if Woods, Queensland Health and, a, and an oil and gas company can do it. Yeah. That, you know, and they're in Australia. Well, why aren't we? Why aren't we? So, That's exactly yeah. right. Yeah. So, but to, the, to, the, to, to Woolies, um, mm -hmm. I, I've heard that more, that the, um, um, that the, the Woolies experiment uh, is, a, um, is a fantastic inspiration beyond sort of what, what you can see in, 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 in these other fields that we've documented and, and ones that we haven't documented. So um, the, um, the Woolies experiment um, was, uh, was a, a creation that started a, a while back, a long while back, actually, about four years almost. Um, and it started with this. We had a conversation with uh, a bunch of uh, business leaders. Um, I was doing a learning lab, um, uh, 40, 50, 60 people in the room, around round tables. You know the format, right? Mm, and so, sure. um, and th these were all pretty much um, leaders and operational leaders and some safety leaders in various Australian businesses. And the, um, one of the pictures that I, I, I would show uh, is one of the... Um, of a, of a shared space intersection in uh, in the Netherlands. In fact, I believe the first one or one of the first ones in uh, in a village named uh, Trachten. And the shared space is <coughs> an intersection mm. that is shared by mo mobile uh, motor traffic, 
bicycles and pedestrians? Is that the, the level of sharing? Exactly. Okay. Uh, pedestrians, well, and there, there's, you know, there's various other ways of being mobile. Uh, electric wheelchairs. I mean, there's, yeah. Right, there's, yeah. so there's, no, seriously. So yeah. there's, and all of that traffic uh, mixes in ways that is undetermined by lights, signs, barriers. Uh, it essentially is one big square for people to negotiate their own route out of it again. And so what's fascinating about this square, and we went there for the documentary, and so it's, it's sort of a leitmotif in the documentary as well. We went to Dracht and we did the film in there. Um, and so you, you get some really interesting footage of, of the spontaneous negotiation of how <coughs> people, uh, participants in that, in that square traffic, um, resolve their conflicts or their impending conflict. Um, and this is without a, a ruling order from above. Nobody is telling them what to do. There's no lights, no no traffic lights, right? Which are in some sense top-down imposition of mm-hmm. who goes when and right. It yep. determines the order. order yep. It's well, it's but it's order imposed from the top, right? Yeah. From from outside. It's not order that emerges from uh, people's uh, behavior among themselves. Because the argument you could make is that there is order in that square, but it's emergent order, which yes. is it's a beautiful instantiation of complexity theory in practice, right? This is a complex system with emergent order. And, and, and the emergence of that order cannot be brought back to the behavior of individual components. No, it's their interaction and how they look at each other and check and so but the results of this this, this traffic square had been so spectacular. Um, that one. Uh, well, what, what, in terms of spectacular, you mean that <clears throat> this is a functional shared space? Oh, very that, much. That very much. Yeah. Has very low levels of in, of contact and injury and yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. So that that's the measure of success. They're able to maneuver through this space. And not get hurt. And not get hurt. Not get hurt. And have much greater efficiency in moving through that space than they had before. Mm. There was massive gridlock. This is in mm. the town center. Right? Massive gridlock before. And ten, oh, eight to ten pretty bad accidents per year. Right? And so now they've gone to one accident. Um, and I'm not saying, you know, one is good. I mean, <laughs> sure. right? I mean that's a whole different argument. Oh, yeah. zero. This, never, <laughs> let's not go there. Because no. right? that's a can of worms. But... Um, the uh, so, but from 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 ten to one is an order of magnitude, yeah. right? I mean, that's that significant, and so, um, and and no more gridlock. There's flow. Now, what's fascinating is that. So, I talked to some people who who lived around it and 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 who um, who would use this square, and they actually report on being more anxious when entering it. They tell me, ah, oh, that's a really dangerous place, um, which is fascinating. But statistically, it's it's ten times safer than it was, right? But that's exactly the psychology, the psychology yeah. of risk homeostasis, mm-hmm. right? The fact that if you make something look riskier, you get safer behavior and you get safer outcomes. Yeah. If you make something look safer, you get riskier behavior and less safe outcomes, right? So their comments back up the science on this sort of thing, right? Um, but uh, another thing happened too, and that is when you, when you talk to some of the people who use this and when you see the, um, the interactions going on and when you read, in fact, the, the, uh, the, the community's own uh, evaluations of this, of this square, um, what, they, uh, what they all converge on is, um, a, uh, a, a, and I say this in the documentary, but a new type of humanity emerges. That is, people actually look each other in the eyes. Right? Where are you going? Are you going first? Am I going first? Mm-hmm. Right? And then you don't get that in a square that's centrally governed, right? When you've got green light, you go, right? Yeah. And so... Well, when you stopped at a traffic light, you're reading your phone like everybody else does. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. Right. So, 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 But you showed this to once? Yeah, so I showed this. I only showed a picture because yeah. we hadn't <laughs> done the footage yet, right? And filmed yet, but showed it to Woolworths. And, and, and so then all of a sudden, one of these executives from Woolies uh, um, 
uh, Kevin Figueredo together with uh, Martin O'Neill, right? They, they, they say, well, what if we do that? And I go, what, what do you mean? <laughs> what if we do that? Well, take everything out. Take everything out of what? Out of our stores, right? And just we take everything out related to safety, all the procedures, all the signs, all the posters, all the notice boards, um, all the tools, um, the say, you know, all of the stuff that's not determined by legislation. Um, we take it all out. Your next book on this? Safety Stripped Bear. Well, the safety anarchist is in some sense yeah. safety uh, stripped uh, bear. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, in a way, yeah. Um, mm. What if we take everything out? Uh, what would happen to safety in our stores then? And I, I saw in that the makings of a beautiful experiment. Yeah. Um, and so then we started designing the experiment. We did this in collaboration with Michelle Oberg, um, who uh, is, in fact, um, was interviewed on another podcast about this and, and talked mm. about it um, and about her role in, the, uh, in executing the experiment and setting it up. And so um, she's a Ph.D. student in, in the lab. And um, um, together with Michelle and, again, also with the collaboration with Drew Ray, we built a, uh, an experiment that is able and that was and has been able to deliver valid, reliable data. And that's always something that's, that was missing from this whole Safety Differently story. Yeah, I've asked uh, Daniel Hamadal and mm. John Green and others, mm. give me a case study, mm. show me how it works, mm. and then I'll be much more... Ah, but a case study is different from an experiment. Okay. Profoundly so, right? Mm. A case study is a single case study, right, yep. where you go, oh, let me tell you about the great success we had. But the problem with a case study is it, that success can always be attributable to something else, yeah. right? Also, you get, again, get new leadership or a vast social change in the country which it happened or a different supply sure. line or whatever. It could be different factors. An experiment is deliberately set up to rule out these confounding factors and to make sure that the effects that you see are merely the result of the intervention. Yeah. Does that, right? Yeah, and yeah, so, yeah. So there's so a great the, deal more validity. Scientifically, the a, definitely, an definitely, and reliability. Exactly, exactly. So, so um, the experiment was had uh, three... Uh, conditions. Three areas. Yeah, three groups, conditions. Yeah. Oh, my son loves cohorts. Cohorts. Um, cohorts, yeah, it, yeah, yeah, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, one had no signs and local autonomy and basically was a group left... To, Everything was taken out left to, to its own devices, yeah. The other two had a lesser levels, changed levels of nah, safety. Yeah, I'll, 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 yeah, let me nuance that a little bit sure. because it's, it's critical for okay, – so, yep. but the first group, um, you're right, everything was taken out except for two things, which are legislated by – I mean, essentially by law, yep. which were not negotiable within the time frame. And, oh, by the way, I mean, we had 18 months of lead-in time, even before Michelle showed up, right, and, and started executing the experiment – um, 18 months of lots of developments and, and ethical clearances and discussion with the regulator and everything to get this on the road, right? Because these are these people get fearful when you yeah. say, we're going to take stuff out. What, what stuff? Oh, it's stuff that keeps our people safe. Oh, how do you know it's keeping their people safe? You know, anyway, so mm-hmm. lots of discussion. So it's, it's not an overnight thing, yep. right? Um, but so what has this got? Thousand stores, right? Different type sizes, demographics, neighborhoods, but a thousand stores, basically. That's a lot of stores. Yeah. Um, you don't want to change things overnight in a thousand stores. That would probably spell the end of your leadership career, right? And so, um, but so the whole point of the experiment or the micro experiment is to try it on a smaller scale and to demonstrate that from the inside out and show what can the company do for mm-hmm. itself and show different data. So back to the three conditions or cohorts, yep. let me call it conditions. Three groups of 10 stores each randomly. Uh, assigned, right, so that we didn't pick 10 winners, right, because yeah. that would basically skew the results immediately and be, and make them not very uh, valid or reliable. So um, the um, so uh, randomized, 
control, right? So, so 10 groups of, uh, sorry, three, three groups, groups of 10, ten stores, thank you. Um, in the first group, everything was taken out except for the uh, emergency exit signs yeah. and the fact that they needed a safety management system. Yeah. But nobody t- told them what should be in it, right? Mm-hmm. That was all made up for themselves. And so you need an SMS, you need an exit sign, that's it. For the rest, over to you, don't hurt anyone. That's what they did, right? And so back to these store managers, don't hurt anyone. Then the second group of stores, and, 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 um, and again, Michelle was, was, was instrumental in making that happen, um, everything was taken out. But what they were then given was um, uh, significant training and coaching in safety differently, right, and safety too, right? Mm-hmm. So these ideas uh, that, you know, Eric talks about, I talk about, and, and, and the other people you've mentioned talked about. And so, um, and then the third group of stores, everything was kept the same, which basically meant very top-down, driven from what they call national headquarters down mm-hmm. in Sydney, which essentially sends the decrees of what needs to happen on safety yep. uh, from central, right? Down to the minutiae, right? Every 20 minutes, you need to mop this particular square footage, da-da-da, with that type of mop, and that should be done, and then checked like this, and wow. then there's this audit to be done like that. And these 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 things were written by people who, who wouldn't be able to find the store on a map, right? And so... Yeah, I think one um, of the people in the documentary... Um, Taylor, that, Taylor, uh, yeah. The prompting from National yeah. was the way they described it. And I think They've never been in my store, right, yeah, as she says this. Yeah, prompting yeah, yeah. from head office, head office wouldn't know their ass from their elbow. Those sorts of things you hear a lot out uh, in the field. Yeah, yeah. And, and Woolworths identified that... And had the courage to give it back to these people, yeah, right? Yeah. And so the best results um, came, uh, and, and this is consistent in terms of with predictions from the literature, came from the second group of stores. So the first group of stores basically only were given autonomy and, yeah. and no guidance of what to fill that autonomy with. Mm-hmm. Um, the second group of stores was given autonomy, but freedom within a frame, and the frame mm-hmm. was safety too. What does it look like? What, what are the possibilities, right? And when you actively guide people and, and, and groups and in exploring that together, right, as a, as a collaborative initiative, you get really good results. Of course, you've got to be careful with not, not pushing them in a particular direction, mm-hmm. but, but, but at least painting the possibilities of their discretionary space, right? Mm-hmm. And so um, they had the best results in, uh, in, in all kinds of measures, uh, leadership, uh, locus of control, sense of engagement and ownership. Uh, uh, in fact, the, the number of incidents, right, mm-hmm. um, the, if you want to use those lagging indicators, sure. right, which, of course, safety too is differently skeptical mm-hmm. about, but never mind. But in the retail um, public area, uh, the issue of incidents is, is oh, the one. Very much. Customer very satisfaction, much. blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, and strangers on site, right? Yeah. And you got to be, yeah, and, and you owe it to them to, you know, they want shiny floors, but they also safe floors, right? <laughs> yeah. And that's, yeah, so. Um, and, but interestingly, uh, the, uh, the annual safety prize uh, that Woolworths awards every year to a store was awarded to a store in the first condition, that is, that it, just been given autonomy. And the judges on the panel for the prize had no idea about the experiment. Ah. And so I, I don't know whether you can attribute the fact that they got the prize to the experiment or to the autonomy given to the people in these stores. Yeah. But, and this is critical, at le- the, the claim we can very safely make is that the experiment didn't make it impossible for, for them to get the award. Mm. Right? Didn't rule it out. Didn't make them so unsafe that they wouldn't get an award. Yeah. Right? One of the thousand stores. Mm. So, um, and all of this is, I mean, we've just talked about Woolworths uh, only. All of this is covered in a 30-minute documentary. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a lot of information. And I know the Woolworths experiment is, is discussed, but uh, clearly there's more analysis and more detail. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is that uh, where would we see more information about the Woolworths um, experiment? Experiment, yeah. yeah. Outside of the documentary. No, fair. Is that's a plan to... 
Very fair question. Uh, well, Michelle is obviously writing her PhD up. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, Sorry. Sorry, this is, the, this is the core element it, of her it, it's, it's Absolutely. Yes, okay. yeah, yeah. But of course, as we know, I mean, 2.4 people read a PhD thesis, right? So that's not going to be very... <laughs> oh, well, you could get but, that up to three if you make it an infographic. <laughs> this is true. You could. <laughs> um, the, uh, the, the last chapter of the forthcoming book, uh, The Safety Anarchist, uh, talks extensively about the Woolies experiment, and so it's in there. Um, there's an industry report that Michelle has written that is, uh, that is also available via the lab. Um, and um, uh, I think we will find more outlets and hopefully more, more copycats of the experiment. Yeah. Other organizations go, hang on, we want some of that. And in fact, we in the lab are already getting those requests. One of the things, I think you used the term, um, uh, it's a courageous decision to mm. go on this experiment. Yeah. One of the things that comes out in the documentary is there's quite a, quite a frequent discussion of, of leadership. Yeah. Leadership to uh, allow others to have that autonomy. Uh, um, I think somebody uh, talks about um, uh, leadership. Uh, oh, it's, it's the the lack of control. If we leaders quite often, or leadership in safety quite often is top down. It's easier to impose control or to be a dictator, almost a safety dictator of control, like you were talking about with Woolworths safety processes, um, rather than sit back and listen. Mm. Um, that leadership change um, or that new approach to leadership seem to be quite prominent in the both in the oil and gas to the most obvious and then health um, and words we've talked about um, leadership from the top didn't seem to be the optimum approach and these leaders had concluded that for themselves and I think that again creates or requires courage and it requires a humility on their part as in I don't know I can't solve this but what I can do is ask you what you need in order to be successful. So one of the things that we expect of leaders and safety leaders is we expect them to have the answers. And yet leadership is absolutely not about having all the answers, mm. but having a bit of a, an indication, even a gut feel about where to go for the answers. Is that, is that fair? Is that a fair um, description? Yeah, when I look at the leaders in in, in the documentary um, in in these in these three fields, um, definitely that's what I'm seeing. The um, and, and they knew where to go for the answers, and that's for the people who do this work every day, mm. right? And do the dangerous, dirty, heavy lifting for their organization, who are in contact with the dangerous technologies, who are in contact with the patients, who are in contact yeah. with the places where injuries happen. Those so to, are the people. So to tie that back to head office doesn't know or, the, you know, national, the stuff coming down from national doesn't work, therefore we'll work. Uh, we'll see what we can do to slightly amend it to make it fit with what we do. Um, that seemed one of the attractions of central safety leadership is it, it's cost effective. Everybody's in a room, but also what it does is it narrows down the pool of knowledge and, uh, and authority and all, uh, that you can bring into that room. The oil and gas and Queensland Health um, both uh, have remote, very remote activities. Yeah. But both of them say they need to take things out to the field. Yeah. They need to take out to where the workers are, where the people at most at risk are, rather than trying to bring them in and having a fairly sanitary discussion about safety. But that's very expensive. So is it? Is this... Uh, is this simply the cost of effective safety communication? No, 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 but it's, it's a misunderstanding. It's a misunderstanding and, in fact, empirically not supported that it's expensive. And here's how they did this, right? right? And that goes for, for Queensland Health and it goes for, 
for uh, Origin uh, mm -hmm. in, in, in the documentary as well as other organizations. Um, and that is that the first thing they did, which is something that some people won't like hearing, but it's they cut their safety staff. So um, scores of safety people went from Central. Boom, gone, right? Um, Does that tie back to the bullshit jobs that were extraneous to the strategy they wanted to put in place? Well, extraneous too, but yeah, you could argue that, yeah. obviously. I mean, if they, if they say, which is the, the phrase used by, um, by uh, Origin, it's, it's, it's field-centric, cent yeah. right? Um, field-focused, field-centric. Um, and Woolley's uh, arguing uh, very, very uh, vociferously that safety is an operational issue. Safety is not a safety issue. Safety yeah. is an oper Well, who runs operations? Your store manager, right? And so, uh, and the people who are the department managers in the store and the people who work in these departments, they do the operational work. If safety is an operational issue, it's with them. And so, this is not an abdication of responsibility, mm. but it is seeking the solutions to safety problems to where they occur. And I mean, I, I have no illusions, and this is true, of course, um, of, of some of the interviewees in, in the documentary as well, that if you have, all right, as, as, as the, uh, the chief of uh, Savannah in this I mean, huge oil and gas contractor in, in this country tells in the documentary, he says, you know, we've got a big, big process safety issue related to a significant engineering change in some process or in some uh, installation. We are not just going to ask the, 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 the roughnecks for their opinion about what, whether this is a wise thing to do. We mm -hmm. might, but that's not where the story ends. There's going to be significant analyses, and we need a central organization with lots of maths and other capabilities and yeah. knowledge in order to tie together the risk assessments for this sort of change, and we need a whole management of change process around it. And, and that's legitimate, right? But and then he uses an example of, you know, there's a railing that needs painting because otherwise it gets flaky and, you know, mm. and risky for injuries and slippery or whatever, right? And he says, you know, you're not, you're not going to need my permission. You don't need to fill out forms to paint the, 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 the railing. Get a can of paint, paint it, right? That's yeah. what he says. Yeah. And so, um, and, and this is where, where we've sort of gone, I think, bureaucratically overboard, right? And this is a pushback on that. Mm. Not saying that uh, all the wisdom is collected on the floor, um, but a whole heap of wisdom relative to a whole heap of risks certainly is. Okay. So you're releasing the documentary in October? Yeah, er, so early October. National, National Safety Month is Correct. in Australia. Yeah. Um, how can people see this documentary? The um, uh, the landing page for it, uh, I'm learning all these new, new words, is, uh, is, is going to be on my own website, sydneydecker.com, and then sydneydecker.com slash safety differently movie. Uh, okay. it, that's where it will be. And uh, again, it's free for them to watch. Um, and um, please share it around and, and, and show it around and hopefully have it as an encouraging, inspiring document, a, a documentary, a film of, of hope, of inspiration. Once they've watched it and they're inspired and they're hopeful, mm. what should be their next step? Where do they go for more information about uh, safety differently and how to do it from their own, in their own experiences? I've uh, written some books about this. Uh, <laughs> One or two. <laughs> yeah, or six or yeah. 11. I, don't, I, can't, I lost count. I don't read all of them. So. <laughs> um, but the, um, uh, yeah, always welcome to come, come to the Safety Science Innovation Lab and, uh, and have a chat with us to see whether a, a version of, for example, the Woolworth experiment or the enormous shrinkage of the safety management system like Origin did, right, 90% cut into their safety management system, um, so they can email you through your landing page, through your cdbaker.com. For sure. And, uh, Take and it look, from that's great. Um, terrific documentary. I wish you the best of luck with it. Thank you, Kevin. And that was the first of a series of interviews with Sydney Decker. 
More will be released this October in support of uh, Australia's National Safe Work Month. I'm always keen to hear feedback on the Safety at Work blog articles or this new Safety at Work Talks podcast. You can email me at jonesk at safetyatwork.biz with your comments or your suggestions for other interviews. I hope you've enjoyed listening to this first episode of Safety at Work Talks. I'm Kevin Jones and thank you very much for listening.